All right, if you have your Bibles, turn to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4, I debated whether to even try to uh, take up where we left off on July 31st. So I'm going to review just a few, uh, few minutes, and then we're going to get right into John chapter, 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4, there we go. And um, this, this book is on sweet fellowship, and we have also the challenge of loving others. Some, uh, how many has ever met somebody that was hard to love? Say amen. I mean, they were very unlovable, unlovely and unloving. And uh, God wants you to love them m- more than anyone. And God wants us to realize that love is because He is in us and He can love through us. And uh, you're no more like Jesus than when you love and forgive others. You're no more like the devil when you're bitter and unforgiving. And lying, because he's the father of all lies. And so, 1 John chapter 4, we'll begin with verse 7. I'll not preach uh, all these verses, because we're going to get into the study next week. And I hope you'll watch online, you uh, Master Club leaders would watch online. It'd be a blessing uh, that you catch up each, um, each uh, Thursday or Friday on the, on the message. Let's stand on the Word of God. 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 through... Uh, 18. The Bible says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God. That's a birthmark of a Christian. And knoweth God. He that knoweth not, uh, know, uh, loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifest the love of God towards us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be a propitiation, I'll explain that word in just a minute, for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to also love one another. No man hateth, hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, uh, God dwelleth in us, and His love is perfected in us. Hereby know we that we dwell in Him, And He in us, because He has given us the Spirit, His Spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son uh, to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son, Son of God, God dwelleth in Him, and He in Him. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God. And God in Him. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as He is, so are we in this world. We'll stop right there. You may be seated. Thank you for standing in honor of the Word of God. Amen. Father, thank you for this passage of Scripture. God, it's challenging for all of us. God, we know that um, sometimes it's a challenge to love people like we ought to love them, like you ought to love them, like you want to love them through us. And so, Lord, help us to realize what this uh, love is all about. It's not trying to have some kind of sentimental feeling towards someone or trying to uh, uh, have an infatuation because we're attracted to someone. But, God, it's the love of God through us. God, help us to love as you love us. Lord, we just pray that you would be manifested in this lost and dying world, in these last skeptical, dark days that we're faced before the rapture, and God, that we could be proof positive evidence 
that God is love. We're going to thank you and praise you for what you do in and through this message. Challenge our hearts to be your heart of love. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. The Bible says that, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth, knoweth God. But he that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. First of all, I want you to notice that um, uh, the love of God proves that we have life from God. Look at verse 7. It says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God. I believe when you're born again, you got a divine nature. Amen? And that divine nature is the Holy Spirit in you. And the fruit of the Spirit is love. We're born into His family, and we're to dwell, and love should be our life. It ought to be a way of life. In verse 7, John states, the love is of God, and that, folks, it's of God. That little word of is important. We cannot love people like we ought to love people unless we let God love through us. Most of us would be bartered love. You love me, I'll love you. You scratch my back, I'll scratch your back. You treat me right, I'll treat you right. You treat me wrong, I'll slap you. No, I'll treat you wrong. And it's sort of, you know, it's sort of this reciprocal love. Folks, we need to realize that God so loved us first. And that he gave us a commandment to love one another. And uh, the love we have is from God. And the life we have is from God. Verse 7. And then we see also, Brother Cody, that love is an outgrowth of a progressive relationship with God. Verse 7 says that uh, we can know God. The Bible, the word knows in intimate. If you want to realize how close you are to God, it will be how close you are to others. If you, if you have a hard time loving the things of God, something's wrong in your life. Uh, Vance Habner uh, put it this way, that if you see a bird, and that bird um, quacks like a duck, swims like a duck, and wants to hang around ducks, you can mark it down, that's a duck. And I want to tell you something, friend, it's a sad commentary today that a lot of people don't love the things God loves, like His church, like His Word like spending time with others. And I believe that one of the evidences of being saved is being filled and flowing with God's love. Look at 1 John 3, 14. It says, we know that we have passed from death into life. Three, you with me? 1 John 3, 14. It says, we know that we pass from death into life because we, have the, uh, we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in what? Death. Ephesians 2, 1 says, uh, and 2 says that we're dead in our sins and trespasses, so if you have a hard time loving the things of God, loving the people of God, loving the Word of God, you need to check up and see if you're of God. Amen. Now, I'm not saying you're lost, but I want to say this, the world probably will. And I want to tell you this, friend, one of the traits that the world needs more than anything else is they need to know that you know God. So it's experiential knowledge of God. In Job chapter 42, verse 7, or verse 5 uh, the Bible says, I've heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now mine eye seeth thee. And all that Job went through, we're studying that in Sunday school. By the way, you ought to be here. You might not think you'll need that book, but you will sooner or later because this world is full of tribulation. But be a good cheer. I've overcome the world. But folks, Job heard about God. He knew about God. But I want to tell you something. The experience he went through of suffering, he met God. 
And folks, we meet God sometimes in the valley. I was thinking about all that devastation that I, that missionary from Macedonia was uh, reading about. I wanted a, a missionary's perspective. We need to pray that God will get the glory from this and that souls will be saved from this. I mean, thousands of souls could be saved in these shelters as missionaries have a captive audience and they can preach to them about God and, and, and introduce them to uh, the Lord. But, you know, we need to realize that expanding knowledge of God, the, the word knoweth is an active voice. It's present tense. It means learning, understanding God. And I'll just say this, when you step out by faith and obedience and you love everybody and you love your husband or you love your wife like Christ loved the church and gave himself for it and you love your children like you ought to love your children and I want to tell you something, it's a testimony to the lost but it's also a testimony that you're growing. Amen? Uh, this letter, Dear Jimmy, no words can ever express the great unhappiness I felt since breaking our engagement. Please say you'll take me back. No one could ever take your place in my heart. So please forgive me, the letter went on. I love you. I love you. I love you. Yours forever, Maria. And then P.S., congratulations on winning the state lottery. You know, a lot of times we have ulterior motives to love people. Say amen. And folks, we need to re re love regardless. We need to love without limits. We need to love not conditional, but sacrificial. It's a growing process. You ought to love people. You ought to love souls. And I know it's hard to knock on doors on Saturday morning, but I want to tell you something. Behind every door is a broken heart, and behind every door is probably someone that's dying and going to hell, or they know someone that's dying and going to hell, and we ought to have compassion that makes a difference. We'd have compassion that is willing to be hurt. Uh, I was praying for my daughter this afternoon, and, and they just thought it was going to go better. And, and they've had this little baby since birth, since three months old and now, and uh, they've grown really attached to it. But they said they, she said, I would do it again, Daddy. I'd do it again. Because they might not have that little baby at three months, and that grandmother's going to have to raise that child in a laundromat uh, with four other kids that's not hers. And that's, that's hard. And, you know, I, I, I would have loved to uh, uh, place that in a good godly home. But God knows best. And God's not finished yet. I'm praying for an appointment. I think I'm going to go with a load of clothes to that laundromat. And I'm going to love that grandmother. And I'm going to win her to the Lord. And after I win her to the Lord, I'm going to give her a few suggestions on what's best for that little baby. You say, you can't do that. Hey, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not restricted by defects. Mind your own business, praise God. They don't even know me. Praise God. And folks, I want to tell you something. We ought to love children that don't have parents. We ought to love the prisoners. Brother Larry's going to be 65 tomorrow. Amen. I wanted to really rip him about that getting so old. Amen. 65. Now he can have his free medical. Praise God. Just get all of it you can, I guess, or some of it. And uh, he's homesick. But I want to tell you something. With crippling arthritis, that man makes his way over those hard floors. Every step, there's pain on his face. But I want to tell you why he goes back to the jail every day, including Christmas Day. Because he loves souls. And he loves God for saving him out of the rat hole gang, out of being a drug pusher, selling his blood, uh, uh, neglecting his dear wife uh, for drug money. And now he's saved. He hasn't got over it. He, he loves, loves God because he knows God, and he's growing in that love by expressing that love. So love is the outflow of a proven relationship, number three. It's the outflow of a proven relationship. 
you know, John's word is uh, that uh, his presence will shine. Verse says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God. Folks, his presence shows. And folks, with in the absent uh, state something that you're not, you're not saved. The absence of love. I'm not talking about just backsliding. I'm talking about you don't love anything about God. Uh, I appreciate these college students, and busy as they are, and, and finals and everything. They make time to come to church tonight. That shows they love God and love His Word. And folks, we ought to um, not have an empty love. We ought to have an active love. We ought to have a, a, a sacrificial love. And, um, and if a person can't love, it's evidence that they've never been saved or they're so hard-hearted and backslidden that they need to get close to God. Love one another. There's three foundational facts about loving God. Uh, first of all, who, 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 who is God? Well, the Bible says in verse 7, God is love. What, does God, what, what God did, He sent His Son, verse 9 through 11. The Bible says in verse 10, 9, And this has manifested the love of God towards us because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. What if God calls you to give up your comfortable home and go live on that island with nothing? Live up in one of those flooded attics and give up everything. That would prove to those people you loved them because you would go to them. It'd be like somebody that's totally healthy going to an AIDS camp or something and, and taking on AIDS so they could love. The Lord took on sin for you. And He took your place and came to this earth. And folks, that ought to move you. Folks, he didn't do it because he wanted you to love him. He, he wanted to do it because he loved you. And the, now your move is, do you love him? Do you love him enough to be faithful? Do you love him enough to sacrifice? Do you love him enough to be selfless and put him first? And what, does God, what did God do? He sent his son. And then what is God doing? Well, look at verse 12 through 18. The Bible says, no man has seen God at any time. If you love one another, God dwelleth in us. I'll tell you what God's doing. He's abiding in you. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy Ghost for us mountaineers. I don't know if they say that down in South Georgia or not, but I know they say it up here, Holy Ghost. And folks, the Holy Ghost does not live in this building until you walk in it. He lives in you. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so I want, you to, I want to dwell on, on this in closing. I want you to see the manifestation of the love of God. The manifestation of the love of God. Manifestation means render apparent. Look at verse 9. It says, and, and this was manifested the love of God towards us because God sent His only Son into the world that we might live through Him. Love always has an object. That object's you. God, for God so loved you. And love always has an objective that you might live through Him. Folks, we ought to love people because Christ first loved us. And we ought to love one another. And we ought to manifest the love of God. And folks, the only arms that God has is your arms. The only eyes that God has to see others is your eyes. The only heart that God chooses to use is your heart. He doesn't soul win through dogs or cats. He soul wins through you and He loves through you. What an awesome responsibility is that we ought to love one another. Verse 4 or verse 11 says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. Well, that's not a a suggestion, that's a commandment. And folks, it's just an absolute great response that God loved you so much and saved your soul that you ought to love others, no matter who they are, no matter how black they are, how white they are, how, 
how, how um, intelligent they are or where they're from or what country they're from or what language they speak. We ought to love the whole world. We ought to love every soul and we ought to love them with all our heart And because, folks, we were dead in our sins and trespasses, but He quickened us. By His grace, we're saved. Think about it. By His, by your, by His grace, you're filled with His love. And God wants to use you. Then I see not only the manifestation, love always has an object, but I want you to see the measure of His love. The measure of your love in verse 10, it says, hearing His love, not that we love God, but that He loved us. That He sent His Son to be a propitiation for our sins. I want, I want, you, I want, you, I want you to notice this now. Hearing His love, not that we love God, but that He loved us. I see, first of all, that love takes the initial step. I often say this when people are having a grudge against somebody or holding a bitterness against someone. I always tell them this. The most spiritual makes the first move. Now, I'm going to wait and see if he apologizes and eat crow and you know kisses my foot. Then I'll forgive him. No, that's not spiritual. That's pretty carnal, really. I'm just going to make him hurt, not having my wonderful love on his life or his life. I'm just going to hurt him a while. That's not love. Love is taking the first step. You know, the hardest thing for you to do, and it's really hard for men to do, some of you ladies say amen right here. You're allowed to say amen uh, softly. No, you can say amen any way you want to. But one of the hardest things for a man to, to, to say is, Honey, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Can any, any lady say amen? That's the hardest thing for your husband to say. I'm wrong. I'm sorry. Forgive me. You know what it usually is? I'm wrong, but you caused it. <laughs> I'm wrong, but um, you provoked me, and I, I want you to forgive me, but... And then you preach to her about five or ten minutes. Oh, I'm bad about that, man. I'm a preacher at home, too, you know. And my wife, she, she, she didn't amen. She don't amen at all. Matter of fact, she makes me say, oh, me. Because <laughs> I don't eat for a week. No, not really. Love takes the initial step. God commended His love towards us, and while we're yet sinners, what? Christ died for you. I'm glad none of us got good enough to be saved and have the love of God. And then love takes a sacrificial st step. A sacrificial step. You know, it's easy to say, I love you, and it don't cost you anything. Remember what I preached on? And I pray for me tomorrow, I'm preaching the same message to a bunch of preachers. And you don't think it's hard to preach to preachers. Y'all normal people. You ought to preach to a whole house full of preachers. They look at you like they know it all, they've heard it all, and you can't impress them. No, not our fellowship. They're good people. But I, I'm going to preach all four messages that I preached the last four, four services in 30 minutes. And so I'm really nervous about it. I don't know how I'm going to condense it down. But I want to tell you something, folks. The Lord wants us not to miss the place of prayer because we've got an obligation. And that obligation is to love people so much that we intercede for. Haven't you had a wonderful time meeting in your place of prayer this week? Man, I've been praying for the whole east coast of Florida. East, east, west, yeah. East, yeah, east, okay, I'm, I'm right, okay. I'm not like the president saying he's going to Alabama. But anyway, um, the east coast. I've been, I, I, you know, I believe my prayers touch the whole east coast of Florida. You say, who do you think you are? I'm just a sinner saved by grace, but God can touch, and God can prevent, and God can redirect. And folks, God allowed this storm to come for a reason, but I still believe he's the master of the wind. And he can make the sun shine again. 
And I believe there's a lot of judgment going on, but I believe there's a lot of people that just need to know there's a God. But folks, I want to tell you something. God proved His love. God proved His love when He came to you, when you wasn't looking for Him, and saved your unworthy soul. Think about it. The day you got saved, you didn't deserve it. It was the grace of God that saved you. I was a son of a drunk, didn't have anything to offer anyone, and was living for myself and all wrapped up in sports and my scholarship. By the way, it's Georgia State was the place I went. But anyway, we won't go into that. Amen. Come on, there's another Tennessee fan that showed up. Amen. Praise God. He was at the game. He said it was worse live than it was on TV. Right? Right, Corey? Okay, amen. Just testify a little bit. Amen. But anyway, I'm not going to bring that up. But I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. This ain't a game we're playing. This is eternal life at stake. And you can act like you yourself if you want to, and you can be bitter if you want to, and you can hold a grudge, but a grudge will hold you if you want to, but souls will go to hell because they will not see the love of God manifested. God has given us a wonderful ministry. It's called the ministry of reconciliation, but it's also the ministry of just shining with His love, yielding to His love. And sometimes it takes sacrifice. This word propitiation means he satisfies the justice of God. He became, he, he that knew no sin, 2 Corinthians 5, 21, became sin for you. That's why he kept saying, Lord, if this cup can pass from me, because he saw all of hell coming on him. He saw all your sins. He saw all my sins. He saw all the sins of the world coming down upon him. And he saw the wrath of God poured out on him. And the worst part was the separation from God. He said, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? Folks, I want to tell you something. You can't tell me Jesus didn't love you because he proved it. He went to Calvary. And 33 years before that, he came to this earth. And that's a sacrifice, propitiation. God commended his love towards us. And while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Dr. Ross Campbell, in his book, How to Really Love Your Children, writes, in order to love your children, you must remember that they are children. Number two, they tend to act like children. Have y'all found that to be true? Children act like children? And I'll tell you what, when it gets really bad is when they start acting like daddy. Come on, say amen. Oh boy, the wives are still smiling back there. But anyway, they tend to act like children. They, they tend to act like children, but such as ch childish behavior is unpleasant. And they do, a part, they, they, they do my part as a parent he said, you must love them despite childish behavior. They will be able to mature and, and give up childish ways. If I only love them when they please me, that's called conditional love. And conveys my love to them is only during those times when I will not feel genuinely loved. This in turn will make them insecure, damage their self-image, and actually prevent them from moving on to a better self-control and more mature behavior. Therefore, their behavior is my responsibility as much as it is theirs. I love them unconditionally. They will feel good about themselves and be comfortable with themselves. They will then be able to control their anxiety and in turn their behavior as they grow into adulthood. Folks, it's unconditional love, but it's not compromising love. You need to discipline your children. Because the Lord says, for whom the Lord loveth, he scourged and chastened every son whom he receiveth. You know why God disciplines you? Because he don't want you to get run over in the road of sin. 
He wants you to come back to safety. And folks, he comes looking for you. How many had a parent come looking for you when you ran away from home and wore you out all the way home? Amen. I had that happen. I only ran away a couple of times after that. Amen. I learned my lesson. Amen. But I want to tell you something, folks. Love is, uh, takes the first step. Love is, is, is initial. Uh, it's sacrificial. It loves uh, when you're not lo- looking for love. And, folks, that's the right, right kind of love. William Gladstone, in announcing the death of Princess Alice to the House of Commons, told a touching story. The little daughter of the princess was, princess was serious ill with diphtheria. And the doctors told the princess not to kiss her little daughter and endanger her life for breathing the child's breath. And once when the child was struggling to breathe, the mother, forgetting herself entirely, took the little one in her arms to keep her from choking to death. And rasping and struggling for her life, the child said, Mama, kiss me. And without thinking of herself, the mother tenderly kissed her daughter. She got diphtheria, and some days thereafter, she died. Well, that's a mother's love. But I want to tell you something, folks. Jesus took your hell for you. Amen? I've heard people come to this church and say, well, the church is not friendly. And you've got to be really out of your mind to say that. This is the friendly. I can't even get to the next song for y'all shaking hands so much. But I want to tell you what you need to do. Sometime you ought to just come to love. Don't sit there like a sitting bull with your arms. Uh, says Nobody likes me. Nobody loves me because I didn't shake my hand. Go shake the first hand. And when you shake their hand, they're shaking your hand whether they wanted to or not. Say amen. So you initiated the handshaking. Say amen. And folks, a lot of people come to church and say, well, nobody loves in that church. I'll tell you why. You ought to go in a church loving. You ought to go in a church looking for somebody to love. You ought to go in a, church, a, a place, a Sunday school class, looking to encourage somebody. Amen. And then I want you to see in verse 12 real quick, and we'll, we'll try to close. I want you to see the maturity of love. You know, folks, we need to grow up in our love. We need to, we need to realize that God is able to mature us. Look at verse 12. And I want you to see this beautiful verse. It says, No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and His love is perfected in us. That's the same word used in Matthew chapter 5, verse 48, where it says, Be ye perfect. And that perfect means mature, fruit-bearing. And folks, we need to realize that uh, it's manifestation of love. That's mature love. You don't come just to get love. You, 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 you show the love. You re- and you don't just show it, you reflect the love. You just yield, and that's a key word in the Christian life, you just yield to the love of God and let Him love through you. You say, well, I'm not an outgoing person. That doesn't matter. Love shy people. They'll love you being shy. Say amen. Not everybody can take a person like me, you know, coming on real strong and talkative and all this stuff. But you need to, come, you need to love people the way you are and just who you are. Then the reality of God in our lives is found in verse 12b. It says, And it says, if we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and His love is perfected in us. Folks, that means reflected. It's manifested. It's um, sacrificial. I told the story, I believe it was July 31st when I told this story, and I'll just just, uh, summarize it, but an aged minister continued with it. He was at a uh, uh, service, and they called on him to, to testify. And uh, he testified about 
a man that had two, a son and a lost friend on a boat. And he was the captain of the boat, the daddy was. And they capsized and he had the lifeline. He had to make a, a terrible decision. He had to rescue just one of them first. And he, he, he got the lifeline and he threw it out with a life buoy and, and, uh, uh, and he said, I love you, son. And, the, and, and he cast the line to the friend that was lost because he knew his son was saved. And he tried very quickly to throw the line back out to his son, but his son was gone. And this fellow showed up at this service and was testifying and he had been preaching for years and was a great man of God. And he says, I was that son's best friend. And folks, it got everybody's attention. I was the father and your pastor is my son's friend. Folks, it's manifestation. It'll cost you to be compassionate. It'll cost you the pressure of caring to pray for them in your prayer closet. Real love is loving one another. That's the reality of it. But let me just hurry and say this. Verse 12, the assurance of spiritual life is given by the Spirit's presence. Excuse me, verse 13. Look at this. It says, Hereby know we that we dwell in Him and He in us because He has given us the Spirit. Now folks, it would be impossible to love like God loves unless you have the lover living in you. I want to tell you something, friend. I love this Christian life because not only does God give us some great commands and great instruction, but He gives us the power to accomplish it. And so there's divine enablement. Don't you love the enabling grace of God? That God says love someone, and if you'll yield to God, it, it, that love will be enough. That love will touch their life. That love will endure ridicule. And you know what's really hard is when you love someone and they reject you. And they turn their face from you, walk off and act like they didn't hear you or didn't realize how much you sacrificed for them. It's divine enablement. The assurance of spiritual life is given by the Spirit's prayer. Here, hereby we know that we dwell in Him and He in us because we hath given us the Spirit. It's the witness of the Spirit. You're the temple of the Holy Ghost. His abiding and His activity in your life makes you aware that you have God in you. A lot of people come to me and say, well, I'm not sure I'm saved. And I, and I, thought, I want to say, well, if you ain't sure, I don't know. But I really do know you a lot of times. Because, folks, God didn't call us to be judge, jury, and trial. God called us to be fruit inspectors. And the Bible says, by their fruits you'll know them. I want to tell you something, friend. Just like those ducks, if you quack and you hang around the ducks and you waddle like a duck, most likely you're a duck. Amen? You're probably a duck. But I want to tell you something. If you're saved, there's one attribute and there's one um, uh, recognizable manifestation is that the Spirit of God lives in you. And you love people that just hard to love. And you love people uh, to glorify God, not to get somebody else to love you. That's the way we usually play with this love game. You love me, I'll love you. You don't love me, I'll drop you quicker than a pancake on a Saturday morning in the kitchen. But listen to this. I want you to see in verse 13 the ability of saintly love is given by the Spirit's power. Look at verse 13. It says, um, And he in he us, because he hath given us of his Spirit. Hereby know we that we dwell in him, and he in us, because he giveth us the Spirit. Folks, listen. 
The saintly love given by the Spirit of God, it's divine love. It's supernatural love. And then I want you to notice, real quick, the divine experience of love. And that's all these verses, but I want you to see verse 14. It says this, And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in us, and He in us. Folks, there's a public affirmation of the love of God. In verse 14, the first part of it says, And we have seen and do testify. Let me ask you a question in closing. Do you have enough love in you to prove to yourself that you're saved? If you don't love the Word and love the things of God and don't love the house of God and the people of God, you better check up. You know, a lot of people never think about the Lord until they come to church. You ought to wake up with Him on your mind. Not sports, not your favorite song, not your favorite group, and definitely not yourself. Amen? How many hours do you ladies spend in front of the mirror? I think it's wonderful, amen? I think if you can uh, uh, paint a barn and make it look better, paint it. Just don't put so much paint on it you can't recognize the objects, amen? I mean, it's all right to spruce up a little bit. I appreciate my wife not wanting to go out in public, uh, you know, looking like I do. But I want to tell you this. Thank God. Thank God for the affirmation. You know what it ought to be? I know I'm saved because I love you. I know I'm saved because I love my husband sometimes when he is not lovable. I know I'm saved because i got more patience than I've ever had before. I've got more Joy, more meekness, more faith, more, more um, uh, love, more love. It's a public affirmation, but then it's a personal acceptance of the Son of God. Verse 15, it says, Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and him, and, and, and it says, and he in God. Folks, I want to tell you something. A lost and dying world is looking for someone to experience the love of God, but also, last but not least, to express the love of God. Now look at verse 16. We preached all that to get to this verse, and we'll close. It says, And we have known and believed that the love that God hath to us, God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Now look at verse 17. Herein is our love made perfect, mature, fruit-bearing, obvious, manifested, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as He is, so are we in this world. Now folks, as He is, was defined in verse 7 and 8, He is love. And so God's love is revealed, we have known. God's love is received, we believe. But God's love is reflected, dwelleth in us. I want to tell you what the word dwell means. It means love abides in the believer and love is something that's a part of your whole life. Dwell means the Holy Spirit dwells in your life. It means He feels at home. And you grieve the Holy Spirit of God when you're bitter. You grieve the Spirit of God when you hold a grudge. You grieve the Spirit of God when you pick teams and act snobby. You ever been in a church where people would drown if it rained? Got the nose up there. Man, that's not God, amen? We're all saved by grace, amen? There ain't no big eyes and little O's in this place. Folks, God is reflected, He's manifested because He dwells in us 
And folks, we abide in Him and thank God He is our life. And the world knows He's our life because we sure let Him love through us. Father, thank you for the message. Use it for your glory. And God, it's been a rebuke to all of us because I know we need to love more. And God, thank you that you dwell in us, that you abide in every believer. But God, may you be manifested through us as we yield our life to you. God, flow through us. Holy Spirit, flow through me. And Lord, I believe that the way the Holy Spirit is going to be identified is not some spooky language, not some miracle or slaying in the Spirit, but love. Love. God, people don't know, are concerned how much we know until they know how much we care or how much we love them. Lord, help us. Help us, God, to love unconditionally. Help us to love sacrificially. Help, help us to initiate love. Help us to go look for someone Saturday to show the love of God to by knocking on their door. We could be home asleep or watching cartoons or just taking it easy or doing the laundry. God, help us to take one morning out of the month Go knock on a door and not only say God loves you, but prove it by being there. Maybe ask them if they have a prayer request, something that you could pray with them for. Finding out if there's a problem in their life and being concerned enough to offer help. Lord, help us. Help us, God, to be as you are on this earth. And Lord, when you was on this earth and now that you're in heaven, you are love. Please, please, God, help us to yield more of ourselves 